Welcome to episode 22 of Land the Plane Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Land the Plane Podcast. My name is Dustin. I'm Jonathan. And we are back here in the podcast studios tonight, uh, enjoying the evening. And uh, if you're new to the show, uh, we just invite you to join us. And it's just a show about two guys, uh, two average Joes here. We're just talking uh, religious things. I mean, I say religious things, but just life, the spiritual life, um, it doesn't matter where you're at in your walk. If you're a non-believer, new believer, long-time believer, we invite you in and hope uh, by the end of it, maybe you just come a little bit closer uh, in your walk with God. And So uh, I'm excited about tonight, Jonathan. It's a, it's a good evening. Yeah. Great yep, to be yep, back yep. in the flow of multiple podcasts. Yeah. Instead yep. of like one every six weeks. Yep, 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 yeah. yep. Uh, so, uh, yeah. We got a special... Special episode tonight. I'm, I'm back to refer to this episode as special again. Every one of them. Yeah. They're all special. We try to keep them different. Try to keep them fresh. but Keep them special. We do have a, a special guest tonight. Special guest. Special guest. <laughs> on the special podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm glad you're getting it. I'm glad you're on board with <laughs> me. But I'll let you, uh, let you uh, talk about that here in a little bit, Jonathan. But everything been going all right with you? Good? Yeah. Pretty good. Getting into the end of the new year. And, uh, you know, all those kind of things. Yeah, well, we just finally finished up Christmas. <laughs> we, uh, we just got back. My wife's uh, originally from Kansas City, so we went up there for our last Christmas celebration and uh, had a good time. It was cold. It was cold, John. Well, I mean, it's Christmas. It's supposed to be cold. And I went outside. We were there Sunday. Whenever you're listening to this, you just have to get a calendar out because I don't remember the dates. I think it was like January 20th or something like that. But we outside that, that blood moon, wolf blood moon oh, thing. Oh, super wolf blood moon. Yeah. Something, something. I went out there early in the night, and it wasn't very blood wolf moony at the time. And then I went back <laughs> out at like 10 o'clock, and it was cold. I mean, like, single digits, and there was no moon. Like, the clouds had covered it. I was in a t-shirt and slippers because I was dumb. But, you know, hey, I wanted to see the wolf blood moon thing, whatever, but it it didn't happen for me. So, that's what it is. Yeah. I actually didn't see it either. I think I slept right through it. Well, I thought you were going to let me live through your excitement. No. Got to... Go to Google and look for images. <laughs> That's right. And just pretend. Just pretend. Like yeah. put a, get somebody to stand outside your window and hold the phone up or something, <laughs> so you can see the screen and pretend. It's, okay. Anyway. Yeah. Sure. Uh, so we had Christmas celebration. Got together with a lot of family. Um, good times. And have you ever played the game Catchphrase, Jonathan? Yeah. yeah. Okay. For y'all don't know Catchphrase, it's this little disc you hold. It brings up a word. You got to get your teammates to say it. You pass it once you get your teammates to say it. You pass it around in a circle. And we're just we're just all playing this. All my it's my wife's family, so a lot of her uh, brothers and and sister were there, significant others. Her mom was playing with us, and it was a we were having a good time, and we were we were laughing. It usually brings up some good laughs, and so we were playing this game, and you know we were just getting silly and stuff. And some my, my brother in law, my wife's brother, she he said something, and then Amy, which is my sister in law, my wife's sister, she says. 
I don't even remember exactly what she says because it's not important to the story. But she says a your mama joke <laughs> to her brother with her mom at the end of the table. She tells a your mama joke, and it was really kind of negative to the mother. And it was friendly, you know, like a friendly negative. It wasn't like really ugly. But we all start laughing. And then, like, some people catch on that she just told this your mama joke to the brother, which was her mama as well, obviously. And the mama's sitting at the end of the table, and everybody's just looking crazy. And we start laughing so hard that we can't breathe. And then I look over at my, my sister-in-law, Amy, and her face is like entirely scrunched up in this tight, like her eyes are closed, her mouth's not moving, and she's just like shaking a little bit. And I don't know what's wrong with her. Like she like stroking out or like, something? I'm like, are you okay? Like, breathe, Amy, breathe. And I'm I'm laughing so hard. Was she like really red? Yes, yes. Like so extremely. It was like super wolf blood Amy moon. <laughs> it was. But she had made herself laugh so much over this, your mama joke. And because it, then she realized that she told a, your mama joke to her own brother, which was yeah. her own. And she couldn't move and she couldn't breathe. And she was just sitting there shaking because she was laughing so hard. I never seen her laugh like that before. And she listens to the show. She's probably going to be mad at me, but you can, you can tag us <laughs> in the post there, Amy, but Dude, we were laughing so hard. And then the young, uh, like our nieces and nephews, most of them are teenagers, they came over and were like, what's so funny? What's so funny? And, and your mom? <laughs> well, Amy's like, I said your mom, like the joke. And they're like, so? Like, in reality, they're like, that's not that funny, y'all. So she just thought they didn't understand what your mama <laughs> joke was. So then she decides to explain after laughing so hard, I can barely breathe. She decides to explain a your mama joke to a teenager. And she's like, it's a your mom joke. So what you do is you, if something is said that's that's funny or you want to make it more of an insult, then you say your, your mama. <laughs> and dude, I fell out of my chair almost because I was like, did you just explain a your mama joke to an 18-year-old kid? Because he's just staring at her like... You might be the most. <laughs> and, it, and she was explaining it to her son how to do your mama jokes. Yeah, yeah, that too. Yeah, that too. But it was so hilarious, <laughs> Full dude. circle. Just the look on her face and then the decision, like a 17, 18-year-old kid really would not know what a your mama joke is. Yeah. Dude, it killed me. It killed me. You had to really be there to really truly appreciate this. But just seeing her face where she couldn't breathe and she couldn't move. That's good times, man. That's what family time's all about, though. <laughs> laughing, laughing at each other. Sitting around That's table. That's what about. Yep, sitting around table, laughing at each other. Making fun of each other. Making fun of each other. Laughing at each other. Calling your mama jokes. And I think, like, her son was kind of embarrassed about the whole thing. And he left the room for a while. <laughs> like, he had a friend there with him, and they left the room, like, for a good a good. Bit. So his friend looked at him and was like, dude, your mom. <laughs> your mom. Your mom explains your mom jokes. It was a good time, man. Had a lot of fun, though. Got back home. Good to be home. Get back in the swing of things, I guess. And uh, keep on moving out. So Actually show up to work. Yeah, I know, thought about it. Go to work. Finally did. People taking 17 Christmas vacations. Hey, that's what a jealous person says. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. So uh, we got a, we got, we do have an exciting show tonight. 
Yeah, we do. Uh, we are interviewing a guy named Jared Farley. Uh, Jared is um, at Henderson State. Is it Henderson State University? Yeah, Henderson State. Um, and uh, he works with the BCM there, the Baptist Collegiate Ministry. Uh, actually kind of directs that, heads all of that up. So we're going to talk to him. Now, I know what you're, you might be thinking, well, I don't have any kids in college. Actually, a lot of what we are going to talk about is uh, is preparation for getting your kids to college. So, if you've got um, elementary school, middle school, you got kids at all, uh, or you ever plan on having kids, uh, you're definitely going to get some good information from this. Um, really cool interview, and uh, let's just go ahead and go straight to that interview. Well, we are joined on the show tonight with uh, by Jared Farley. Jared, are you out there? How you doing, man? I'm here, man. Uh, love it. Thank you guys for inviting me. I think it's going to be a fun show. So, Yeah, Jared, um, make sure I get your title right. It's the Director of Campus Ministry at Henderson State University through BCM. Is that correct? That's it, man. I'm the Campus Minister here at Henderson and have been here about five years full time. And uh, before that, I was two years as an assistant. And I also went to college at Henderson. So total, I've been in Arkadelphia since 2009. So it's been a little while. Golly, it seems like uh, you just you, you can't let go, Jared. Is that the problem? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want to leave college. I mean, uh, you know, sometimes people refer to it, right? It's like kind of a, uh, a purgatory sometimes. But, uh, you know, Arkadelphia, we don't have bowling alley, no movie theater. You know, I'm doing the Lord's work out here. So if you guys want to come join me, just bring it on down. Yeah, so my my daughter is well, she's across the street from you. Um over at OBU. Oh. Oh. Yeah. I know. Um <laughs> but uh it, she literally for Christmas asked for Walmart gift cards because there's nothing else around. <laughs> like, like nowhere else to buy anything. Yeah. Like, okay. We can do that. For those listening that have no yeah. idea Sonic, you know? Oh yeah, Sonic thing. Oh yeah, but if they have no idea, uh, Arkadelphia is a unique town because it it has a college, two colleges, literally across the street from each other. Yes, it's it's a pretty neat little. And setup. we're not we're not saying that they're kind of across the street. They're literally <laughs> across the street. <laughs> they are exactly across the street. It's why did the chicken cross the road to get yeah, to the they, other college? They be yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, basically, I, I actually played sports when I was here at Henderson, and uh, to demonstrate how close they are, how uh, unique the town is, we would have uh, games where we would play, and if we're going to play the Battle of the Ravine, right, we're going to suit up, we get all our stuff ready, and then, you know, we don't load up in buses, we literally walk across the street to yeah. the stadium to play the game, so... That gives you a little taste of what Arkadelphia is like. Then uh, you know, come to the game and find out. It's a good walk, as like a walk home, as long as you win. That wouldn't be a fun walk if you just lost yeah. the game and had to walk back home. Yeah, which For gen- sure. like who who normally wins that game? You know, the all time record is like separated by maybe one or two games. Wow. So That's pretty cool. It is a hotly contested. Yeah, it is. It's one of the oldest rivalries in NCAA football. And so, and I think it's 
probably, if I were going to guess, the, literally the shortest rivalry as well. So <laughs> uh, we got some things going for us. Well, good deal. Why don't you tell, uh, Jared, why don't you tell everybody, because, um, you know, we have a, a wide range of audience that listens to this show, but why don't you tell a little bit, everybody a little bit about what BCM is and what BCM does and your role there at the, the college. Sure. Sounds good. Um, BCM is a organization that is funded partially by the Arkansas Baptist State Convention. And so it is kind of a a specialty organization that is on college campuses that works specifically with college students. And so that's kind of what we specialize in and what we do. There are about 12 campuses in Arkansas that have full-time campus ministers like myself. And those are going to be at major four-year universities, so UCA, Arkansas Tech, uh, Fayetteville, obviously. You know, those, again, bigger established four-year universities. And then we also have uh, some campus ministers, either part-time or volunteer, that are on community colleges as well. And so uh, we've got a building on campus at Henderson. Most of the BCMs have buildings they use. And one of the things we also do is we are – Uh, partnering with local churches in our areas to help them reach college students as well. And so that's some of where our other funding comes from. Uh, And then we have some that come from alumni, but again, we have a presence on the campus. Uh, We work specifically with college students. Our uh, kind of vision statement for all of our BCMs is grow, connect, and serve. And so those are the three main priorities that we have. We want to grow uh, believers closer to Christ. We want to connect students to the local church and we want to serve God's world through evangelism on campus. And then uh, we do several mission trips throughout the year. Every BCM does those. So uh, that's a little bit of a broad overview of kind of what BCM is and uh, where we're located. Cool. Now, question, how similar is the, the BCM to what, what used to be like the, the BSU, like the Baptist yep. Student Union? For sure. Basically the same organization. We just flopped the letter around in there. So <laughs> not much different. Just trying to keep up with the times, I guess. So okay, just change the you. letter. But yeah, so we used to be called BSU back in the day. Uh, at some point, again, they switched it. Uh, BCM stands for Baptist Collegiate Ministry. And so BSU, I think, just stood for Baptist Student Union. Uh, so again, just kind of a name change, but it's Maybe some of your viewers are probably more familiar with the BSU title, but it's same organization, just a, a little switch up with some letters there. Very cool. So, Jared, specifically, I know you said you've been at Henderson for for many years and was a mm. student there. But what what really draws you to working with college students? I mean, what is what is it that about that 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 calls to you? Yeah. Um, one of the biggest things is it's, um, you know, I think, uh, don't quote me on this or uh, look me up, but there are, from what I remember, there are two times in someone's life where they are developing the most. And so the first age is from, you can guess, zero to two years old. So obviously you're learning lots of fundamental things. You're learning how to eat, how to sleep, how to breathe, how to talk, all those kind of things, right? And then Uh, Believe it or not, the second time in your life where you're developing the most fundamental nature of who you are is when you're 18 to 24 years old. Uh, What you do during that age, how you develop during that age, 
carries over for the rest of your life. And so one of the main reasons why I work with college students and, and why I have a passion about it and why I want to continue to do it, hopefully for the rest of my life, is that, man, they are developing. And so if I can catch them at this point in time and I can disciple them, share the gospel with them uh, and develop good habits in their life, it's going to carry over for the rest of their life. And so that's a big reason. Um, I think another reason is just uh, for me, just access to the campus, right? We have a lot of access. Students have uh, a lot of time on their hands, whether they know it or not. And so uh, it's a lot easier to um, spend a significant amount of time with them at this point in their life than it will be at any other point in their life. Uh, And so that's pretty significant for me as well. And so when I'm meeting with guys to disciple, um, you know, I can work out that schedule pretty easily. They're more available for different events and things that we do. So those I'd say would be some of the two main reasons, just uh, how they're developing and then the access uh, in their life that we have to really, again, build into it and help them establish habits for the rest of their life. So in, in saying all that, obviously there's challenges that come along come along with college. <laughs> I mean, especially and one thing that excites me about the uh, BCM and what they do and what y'all are doing is you're in, you're in public schools, like public universities, not necessarily tied to like private uh, maybe Christian university, something like that. You're out in the public schools, public universities, trying to reach students. What are some of the challenges? I mean, you, I just looked up something earlier, and it said like 60 to 80%, somewhere in that range of students, when they go, that are Christian-based or spiritually-based, when they go off to college, they'll fall away from their faith. What, I mean, what do you think some of the struggles are that kids get into uh, obviously, they're learning, like you said, but what's some of the struggles they get into once yeah. they get there? <clears throat> yeah, good good question. Um, I think some of the main ones that I see, the first one that pops off for me when I meet freshmen um, is just uh, kind of goes along with what I said earlier, just the amount of time that they have now. And so uh, as they were growing up, middle school, high school, they were uh, really told what to do with most of their time. So if they're uh, going to school, they're going to school from eight to three or four. They have practice. They go to practice. When they come home, they're under the supervision of their parents. And so uh, their parents may have guidelines for them about what to do, what not to do. When you have to come home at curfew time, uh, you know, what you're going to drive, what spending money you have. So it's very structured and you're under the, the careful, hopefully the careful supervision and guidance of your parents or your family unit. So the first thing that I see is that, man, when students get to college, that's really not the case anymore. Uh, A student that comes in as a freshman is probably going to take 15 hours of school. And so you can imagine now they're looking at their time and thinking, wow, I've got a ton of free time. And so what they do with that time uh, and the friends that they make as they first come into school, especially their first four to eight weeks in our college ministry, that's the most critical time in a student's life, their freshman year, their first four to eight weeks on campus. And so the decisions they make then are going to pretty much shape the rest of their college career. And so what I find is that a lot of students with this time that they now have, and especially the freedom that they have, uh, they start to make decisions that they wouldn't normally have made with the structure that they used to have. And so they are 
experimenting in the party scene. They're experimenting with the influx of, of guys and gals that come to college looking for relationships. Lots of them probably uh, looking for sex. Um, again, and it doesn't even have to be that extreme. It could simply be, man, uh, Sunday mornings, I, I hear this over and over again on campus, is that students came from a church-based background, but they just stopped waking up on Sunday mornings to go to church. And so they've just slowly drifted away from focusing on God and putting church as a priority. Uh, and so, again, I think that just comes with just this amount of time that they have. So uh, that's one of the big things. And then, of course, uh, some of those other things are, uh, I think I mentioned it in that answer, but <clears throat> the temptations that you face in college are unlike anywhere else. Uh, it is an environment that is packed full with lots of uh, bad decisions that you can make, whether that involves alcohol or drugs, whether that involves a, a girlfriend or a boyfriend whether that involves, uh, you know, lots of campus idols, whether that's achievement or grades or you find your identity in being popular, whatever. And so uh, it's just a lot easier access here on the college campus. Uh, again, especially, like I said, when they come from a very structured environment and they come to a place where, man, they're making a lot of their own decisions, uh, that's where I see a lot of students uh, get in trouble and get challenged in some of those things. It's kind of like that scene from Braveheart, you know, <laughs> when old William Wallace is up on the hill and he yells, freedom, you know, or whatever, and everybody charges. It's, it's probably, is that freshman, freshman it's coming in like, day? <laughs> it's either like that or it's the last scene when he yells freedom and, you know, they're ripping his intestines out. <laughs> <laughs> One or the other. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Now, what, one thing you said there just about the, the time and the freedom to make choices and stuff. I remember, and this is so dumb, but I remember like the first night that I was in college. Uh, I went to college about four hours away from home. And so I'm sitting there in my dorm room, and the, me and my roommate kind of look at each other. It's like, man, I'm, I kind of want a snack or something. And so we get out and like just drove up to a nearby gas station and walked in, and I remember getting like some Fritos and bean dip because when I was growing up, like my, I, I don't know, parents didn't like bean dip or something. And so uh. I could never have bean dip. And I thought, man, I can get anything I want <laughs> and nobody can tell me that I can't. It, it was, it was a really weird kind of moment there where I could. I mean, I, if I wanted a pizza, I'd go get a pizza. If I wanted this, I'd go get that. If I, you know, whatever it was. And I mean, it was just kind of total freedom. And it kind of freaked me out a little bit, honestly. But, sure. Yeah. Well, that's a classic uh, college snack there. Uh, I love that. <laughs> I kept uh, one thing that I did a lot when I first got to college, I played sports. And so I was always hungry. And so a lot of times, what I would do is when I went to cafeteria, man, I would sneak all kinds of stuff out of the cafeteria. I would just load my backpack up with like cookies, bananas. Sometimes I would take milk and, and fill up some canisters with milk and just take back to my room. So I would have a stash at all times. <laughs> hey, you, when, when you're in college is when you realize the importance of free food. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's right. For sure. Jared, let me ask you this, because I, I didn't have the most positive college experience in the world. In fact, I only went for a year, so just spoiler alert for all you out there. Uh, but when I showed up, uh, I, I didn't go to a school that had like a very big social life. So like even 
even finding things to do sometimes, but I kind of had an, an, an issue with like loneliness and, and just being overwhelmed. Cause I went to a small high school that I, you know, you end up at a big college. Do you experience much of that and, and see that uh, go through students and, and maybe. Yeah. I mean, without a doubt, um, loneliness is, and, and you guys probably know this better than anyone working with youth. I think, um, in, you know, and I, I don't like to, really talk about generations a lot, but generation Z or whatever. Um, loneliness, I think, is one of the number one factors for them. And I see it a lot on the college campus. And I think uh, that has to do with, um, and I don't want to put all the blame, right? I don't want to demonize technology. But uh, honestly, I think that's probably one of the main driving factors is that uh, when you come and you're so engulfed in your technology, whether that's your phone, social media, uh, guys, man, are, are addicted to video games on the college campus, without a doubt. You probably see that in high school as well. Um, when they are so engulfed in their technology, then personal relationships that you have that we know that's probably the best cure for loneliness is being around people, engaging in conversation. Uh, those become almost obsolete for students, for the most part, that they can, in a sense, have this fake sense of connection through the video games they're playing with their friends or the social media friends that they think they have. And they're like, Oh, well, yeah, I'm engaged in people's life, but, but not really. And so that's what I see a lot of times with students is that they are uh, so engaged in technology that as they come to college, <clears throat> I think a lot of students have maybe lost the skill to relationally connect with people. Uh, I, I kid you not, if, if I'm going, which I often do on campus to either, uh, eat with students or just try to engage people in conversation. Um, if I would just stop and observe, I'm going to see most of them uh, on their phones, in their laptops, very little engagement with the people around them. And so, yeah, loneliness is a huge factor. And again, I think technology deals with that a lot. So again, part of my role, I think, is to help students understand how to build real relationships uh, and engage in a way that's disconnected from uh, technology. And so at the BCM, again, one of the things that we do, and they do at several other places, is uh, <clears throat> we have communities. People call them different things, but they're basically small groups that we try to, obviously, uh, that's a, a large way we connect students to so they can build relationships and be around the right people. And so, yeah, it's a great question, but loneliness, man, is, is a, definitely a plague on the campus for sure. So it sounds like, um, a, a good way to, for parents to start, you know, working on preparing their kids for college, whether they're in, you know, middle school, junior high, high school, whatever, is it to kind of start working toward those kind of things now, you know, put the phone up for a while. Um, I know for, you know, sometimes we would make our kids like, okay, for the next week, there's no texting. Like you actually have to pick up the phone and make a phone call instead of texting or something. They hate that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, just trying to build some of those kind of things in. Um, maybe we can, I mean, what are some ideas that you guys might could come up with uh, to kind of help parents do that? Got some yeah. thoughts? Come on, come on. Well, now you made me think of something when you were talking about that, and it's a thought too. Is is my son, my oldest son, 
they, you know, like when I was young, we would always, you know, we'd hang out at each other's house. Like it was typical for like four or five of us to gather at somebody's house and hang out. Even if we stayed up to like 4 a.m. and fell asleep, woke up at noon and went home, like we would hang out together. And my kids don't do that as much. Like I don't see that desire to do that as much. And I asked my son about it one time and I said, why don't you do that? Like, why don't you have friends over? Why don't you do this or what that? He said, it's actually better for them to um, be at their own houses so they can all get on their video games, Xbox, Playstations or whatever, and play online with each other. Because that's how, that's what they want to do. That's how they socialize, or and instead of being in contact with each other, so I, th- you know, I think it's just for me. There's encouragement of unplug and go hang out. You know, invite the friends over, do something outside. You know, those types of yeah. things. Even even at an older age, that's something I try to do is just to get them to spend time together instead of just talking over a microphone like we're doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that's a great idea. Uh, I think some simple things, um, man, would be, and, and some people may already incorporate this, and this may sound, you know, real simple, but man, uh, eat eat dinner together and, and just institute a, man, no tech policy. So we're going to sit down for 30 minutes to an hour. We're not watching TV. We're not having the phones out. And we're going to do this consistently. And we're going to talk to each other uh, face-to-face, ask about each other's day. Um, I think setting a limit and Again, right, I'm not a parent yet, but I'm around uh, lots of college students. And so uh, I feel like, in a sense, I'm parenting some of them. But uh, setting a a tech limit uh, for how much time we actually spend. I mean, I do that for myself, right? If if I find that uh, I'm spending too much time in technology, I'm going to limit it. And so, man, an hour, two hours a night where it's like, hey, we're tech free. So you can read a book. You can invite friends over. We can play a board game together. Uh, whatever it is, if, if you can just start incorporating some of those little things into the home, uh, then that's just going to help. Because how this connects to when a student goes to college is that if you start incorporating that time, then uh, it's just going to help them be more socially ready to develop good relationships, right? That, that's the main thing that I think I see technology robbing college students of is the ability to make good relational in-person connections with people. And so no one's coming most of the time to seek you out in college, right? If you're in your dorm room as a freshman for the first week or two of school, there's events for you to go to, but no one's coming to knock on your door to bring you to the event. Uh, You have to be purposeful in seeking out those relationships. And so, man, you guys are right on. If you can start to help your kids, help your students, develop uh, skills to relationally connect with people and build relationships apart from technology, then you're going to set them up for success that when they get to college, they can start to build those relationships with confidence. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Now let's flip the script a little bit and go to those, you know, Destin likes flipping scripts, flipping scripts, mainly because he likes to say, let's flip the script. Let's flip the script. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You've got, you know, we've talked a little bit about those kids that, that may be a little lonely, those types of things. Now, now, as far as like, there's just some kids that come in that's been very social all the way through school, uh, maybe popular. I don't know, whatever, whatever the answer is. And, and we know the that. The kind of kids that we weren't. <laughs> well, Jerry probably was. I mean, he's a cool dude. I was saying me and Destin, yeah. <laughs> but um, you get into those, the dangers we talked about, you talked about earlier, you mentioned earlier, alcohol, uh, drugs, um, 
sex, relationships, whatever, you go down those lines, and maybe uh, because of that freedom, uh, that uh, the temptation to experiment or figure things out, you know, gets gets bigger. So how would maybe, on the opposite side of, how would you, as a parent, you think, could start preparing their kids for that side of it? Um, and I know that's a hard question, but because there's no right, yeah, one specific no, I, answer. But. Sure. Um, and maybe I can draw from my own experience. Uh, I grew up in a divorced family, and my dad was still involved in my life. I uh, grew up going to church, but, um, man, it was never really a motivating factor in my life uh, until probably my junior year of high school. When, um, And that's another story that we can get into another time. But basically, God uh, just met me at a church service and changed my life. But what would have helped me, because I did a lot of things in high school that <laughs> uh, I didn't want to do involving alcohol, drugs, uh, the opposite sex. And so part of what would have helped me, man, is that my parents would have uh, opened up some dialogue with me about that, uh, right? I, I never really felt comfortable openly talking about some of those temptations or struggles with my parents, either because they never initiated the conversation with me or they, uh, especially my dad, probably would have come down with the hammer on me. And so, um, Again, I, I never felt comfortable doing that. And so I think even opening up the, the dialogue and helping students, if you're a, a youth pastor or if you're a parent, man, just being open and honest and uh, trying to communicate with your students, hey, I know you're going to face some of these temptations. Like, man, are, are, you, you know, are you tempted to go to these parties? Like, are you, right? I mean, just, just being open and being graceful with the students in your life and uh, helping them feel comfortable talking about it, talking to you about it, where you're not going to come down super hard on them. Uh, of course, there's a, a times where you might need to do that if they break your trust or cross boundaries. But even just opening communication at that level uh, would help a ton. Because again, most of the students that I encounter, and man, I hope it's different, uh, never really got an honest talk from their parents about um, alcohol, drugs, sex, like they, when they come to college, I'm the first one talking to them about it. And that's not a good thing. No. Like I can help them through it a lot, but if they, if their first time encountering, you know, having that type of talk, uh, is in college, then man, uh, they're, they're already playing from behind the eight ball. So it sounds like what you're saying is parents engage in your kids' lives, have real conversations, kind of, you know, invite them into conversations. Yeah. Um, sit around the dinner table, talk, you know, all those kind of things. I mean, it's kind of all those things that that just make sense. Yeah. And, and, and but they just they take a lot of intentionality. Like it's not going to happen by accident, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's all the kind of things that I, I think it's those things that we just know. I mean, we kind of just know, but yet they're easy to ignore or easy to put kind of on the back on the back burner so why is it hard to have those conversations with your kids i mean with your with, especially when they're coming to that age why is it hard to have those conversations because it's a it's a very real thing i mean i ain't downplaying it's difficult but why is it so hard is it because it's just embarrassing or i think some of it may be you know that especially if it's um 
you know, especially if it's areas that, that you yourself have messed up in and you don't kind of want to admit that to your kids that you've, that you've messed up or whatever. Um, other is, I think just, especially in the area that we live in, I think there's still subjects that are just taboo. You know, it's like yeah. talking about sex and those kind of things are just, whoa, we don't talk about that. Right. You know, Jerry, what kind of feedback do you get from your students about, about that topic of, I'm sure you had those discussions. There's probably a lot of kids, like you said, that show up there in the first discussion. Do you ever feel like, I mean, do the students say, I wish my parents would talk to me about this stuff? Oh, I mean, is- all the time, man. All the time. And, and even more uh, than that, um, <clears throat> a lot of these topics that we're, we shy away from, like sex, drugs, alcohol, you know, some of these big temptations uh, that a lot of students face in high school, um, but also are going to face incredibly more in college. Um, I've had the reaction lots of times that, uh, the church is just really not doing a great job engaging students' minds with that, right? One of the so we did a series um, a while back that um, was called "God Loves Sex and Other Stuff You Don't Hear in Church," <laughs> and uh, right, the truth. And is, it was amazing how many people sex. showed up. <laughs> oh man, we had our biggest semester ever. It was booming, yeah. my man. So, and you can see why, but there's truth in that statement that you really, I don't know if I've ever heard that in church. Um, and, and most of the students that come and I'll just take the sex thing, uh, just as an example, most of them say, yeah, I've heard my whole life. Like, yeah, sex is basically sex is bad and don't do it until you're married. But that's the most depth and talking to that they've gotten from church in general. And so they, they don't have the depth of an answer to really give. When, when push comes to shove, they, they really can't explain it more than that. Well, just the Bible says so. And I'm not saying that's a negative answer, right? We do a lot of things because the Bible says, but there's a lot a, a deeper and more robust answer than just the Bible says, so I'm not going to do it until I'm married. And so students want to engage with truth on a deeper level that sometimes, and again, I don't, I don't want it to whitewash all churches to put them in the same category. But man, I encounter that a lot with students is that, man, they just haven't had a lot of depth of discussion with some of these uh, topics that they want to talk about, but man, they need someone to engage them with the topic on a deeper level. Yeah, and I think it's important that uh, as a parent, when whenever your child does talk to you about these things, whenever they do come to you and ask questions or show interest in just discussing with you, it's so important to be honest and to be willing to have that discussion and not just ignore it. So if you're a parent out there listening to this, I hope you get the picture that it's okay to talk to your kids about this stuff. They they want you to, um, and they're, um, they want to know truth. They want to know truth. I've always told my kids, if you have a question, ask it. I'll give you the answer. It may embarrass you, but... If, you're, if your fellow students at school are around talking about these things or mentioning different things or talking about this, or it doesn't have to be sex-related. It can be drugs or alcohol. You just want to know what some of this stuff is. You want to know what these words they're using. Ask me. I'll tell you what it is. You yeah. might be embarrassed, but we'll have a talk, and I'll yeah. tell you what it is. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, embarrassing your kids is sometimes fun, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of the, you know. the prizes of being a parent. Yeah. It, it, you just get to bring up things and, and talk about things and just to watch them start, you know, 
getting a little sick to their stomach or something. <laughs> yeah. No, that's good. And, and I actually uh, just want to mention one other thing along those lines. I kind of feel compelled to say this, but um, just for the parents out there, again, I'm not a parent, but um, uh, this has had a real effect in my life as I've gotten older is that, man, I would hope that parents could, like you guys are saying, man, be, be honest about the mistakes that, that they have made in the past and help your, your kids or, again, your students in your group see that, man, uh, the gospel is, is in need. And that is one of the main keys of it, that, man, we, we all make mistakes. I was not perfect in this area, right? And so I want to share my struggles with either my, my child or the student in this group and show them, man, that, man, the gospel covers over that. And you, you can relate to a certain level in an appropriate way, right? Obviously. But I think that goes a long way that, man, that I know that, oh, man, wow, my, my dad really struggled with this as well. Uh, he's, or, or my youth leader, gosh, he, he went through that, you know, like uh, some, on some relatable level so that we can help them. And, and it helps them be more comfortable sharing, right? Just being uh, honest about sin in the places we've struggled uh, went a long way for me. And I know it does for my students because, man, I, I talk constantly with them about, uh, and I, I mention it all the time if I'm meeting with guys about, man, hey, guys, I, you know, when I was in college, I, you know, pornography was a, was a great struggle for me. And so uh, just being open and honest, man, it, it just brings out great conversations with people for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think sometimes people are afraid to admit their stuff because they don't they don't want their kids to be tempted to do it. But you know, if I go up on the roof, this is, this is my lame example. If I go off the roof and try to get off the roof without a ladder, and then I experience pain when I fall to the ground, if I tell my kids that, maybe they won't try to get off the roof with a ladder without a ladder. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. they learn from your mistakes and can move on but they're gonna make mistakes their own obviously too but oh yeah and and like one uh i think it's matt chandler that says this quite a bit um it's basically like when we mess up as parents or you know we've messed up in the past or currently with our kids we mess up like every one of those times is just a really good way it's like a good example of being able to teach them about grace it's like hey i messed up and i had to I had to receive God's grace and mercy on that. And I know that he's going to cover it, you know, and, and here's what I've learned from it. So, I mean, it's, um, failure isn't always an, failure is always an option. <laughs> and according to the Mythbusters, anyway, and, uh, and it's, we can use that, you know, we can, we can use our mistakes. Um, cause like I said, it does make us more, uh, even in our kids eyes, more relatable and, and all those kind of things. So, so Jared, I think we've we've taken up a lot of your time. We don't want to keep you on here too long. We know you got important stuff to do, and but we have this we have this thing on our show where uh, towards the end we we land the plane, hence hence the name. All right. So, uh, we kind of just kind hey, of a, almost that makes sense. There you go. And kind of just to wrap it up in this, we'll call this landing the plane. Just just kind of one last a quick question for you. Hey, man, is there is there is there Anything out there, I'm just thinking about parents that already have kids. And I hope if there's any parents that, that you're listening to this podcast, it doesn't matter if your kids are like four or two or they're 18 or wherever they're at in their life. Or if you don't have kids, I mean, hopefully you have a prayer life, you can pray for our students. But anyways, in saying all that, if a kid is in college 
is there anything that the parents like because they're usually separated they're removed from the situation what are some of the is there anything that you could maybe suggest to parents that the kids already there something to look for warning signs concerns of maybe that their their students need help or, or they might need a little bit more than what they're getting or and it, again no one answer but sure just want to throw that out there yeah, I would say, uh, man, asking good questions is just a, a great habit to get into. And so if you are uh, involved in your student's life, again, it's going to be uh, for sure less as they go to college because part of that process means that you are releasing some responsibility and letting them become adults in a sense, right? That's what I hope college does for students is that it helps form them into adults. And so some of that responsibility is, is of course, going to be on them now. But as you're asking good questions, um, man, you can tell, you know, if you're saying, hey, you know, have you found a church yet that you're involved in, right? I mean, mm -hmm. that's just one of the easiest questions you can ask. And you can tell if they're faking it. You can tell if they're kind of dodging the question. Uh, how, how is your spiritual life? Uh, tell me how I can pray for you. Um, right. Asking these questions and, and listening well and not, again, not reacting with judgment when they say, uh, and hopefully they be honest with you, not, not reacting against them strongly, but man, coming beside them with grace and, and helping point them, uh, towards Jesus is, uh, definitely the best thing and possibility that you can do. And so I would say that's one of the main things, man, is just continue to stay involved. It's going to be to a lesser extent, but ask good questions. And as they give you answers, uh, you can probably tell where they're at. And so uh, if you can sense that, man, try to help them push them towards a good community. Uh, but also know to a certain extent, no matter how much you want your students, um, you know, connected to a church, connected to a BCM, growing and thriving spiritually, uh, almost at that point in their life in college, uh, it, it's starting to be their responsibility. And so you're not going to be able to force them to go to church. I, I would say don't try to force them to go to church or force them to go to a college ministry because that usually backfires. Uh, every year, again, kind of a funny story. I get calls from parents and, and I take them. I love the calls. The parents say, hey, my son's there. He's coming. Can you connect with him? Can you reach out to him? And I say, I can, but only if I can tell them that you called me. I'm not just going to randomly talk to a student and say, hey, um, got your number somehow and uh, want you to come to what we're doing, right? No, I'm going to say, hey, your mom is concerned about you and she wanted me to reach out to you. Uh, and so again, um, some of those things are going to fall on them. So I guess, and, and that answers your question a little bit, but the real answer to the question is, what are you doing before they get to college so that when they get there, they are ready and equipped to be involved in a local church, be involved in a campus ministry, continue to pray, continue to read the Bible, and hopefully start to share the gospel with people around them. Because if they're in college and they're dropping out of church uh, and they're not following God, then there's other factors besides them just going to college that contributed to that. And so I guess that's kind of the, the answer within the answer. Um, so hopefully that's some uh, good stuff for some people to chew on and think about as they send students or as they prepare, you know, to send eventually in the future. You mean what we do as parents while kids are growing up 
impacts what they do when they get to college. <laughs> you know, Shoot. That's, uh, Shoot. that's what some parents I think don't realize maybe, uh, yeah. when they call me and say, Hey, my, my son really needs to get involved in this. And I'm like, yeah, he does. But, uh, You're how about many, 10 years too how late. much conversations were you having with him? Did, you know, again, I, I can ask all these questions, but lots of parents maybe. And again, I, uh, obviously I'm not trying to lump every parent together, but there's quite a few that maybe don't grasp some of that concept. So, yeah. And, and there is, you know, I mean, kids are going to, um, kind of spread those wings a little bit. They're going to, to cross some lines. They're, they're going to push their yeah. boundaries, all those kind of things. Um, I think we all do, but the, the, the question might be, where's their foundation? Like, do they have a pretty decent foundation that they're going to come back to? Or, you know, are they going to kind of spread those wings and then and then there's nothing below to catch them? So, man, that's that's all good stuff, dude. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Jared, the first time we met, uh, it was actually at Camp Siloam in Siloam Springs, Arkansas. I was up there with a group of students. Jared was there speaking uh, several times, did a great job, uh, really impactful. Uh, but Jared, I'm sure that uh, you look for opportunity to speak uh, to different students and stuff across the state or wherever you can. If somebody out there was listening and wanted to maybe get in touch with you about a speaking engagement or anything like that, is there a good way for people to reach out to you that maybe could do that? Sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, probably won't give out my cell number on the podcast, even though I don't mind that. But uh, probably email would be the best way. I mean, or Facebook message, whatever. Um, a lot of people get in contact with me through that, but, uh, my email would be a good way to do it. And it's real simple. It's J a dot Farley, F A R L E Y at hotmail.com. Uh, haven't updated a Gmail yet. I'm a college minister. That doesn't make a lot of sense. I know, but, uh, still <laughs> Sport, on the hotmail train. Sporting so. the hotmail. <laughs> Go ahead. Shoot me an email <laughs> and uh, I'll get back to you for sure. All right, Jared. Well, we really appreciate you spending time with us and coming on. Lots of good stuff there. I think I think it'll it'll help out. So uh, we appreciate. It. I don't know if yeah, you can hear the, the I don't know if you can hear the dog back there, y'all. But the dog is gone crazy. Yeah, <laughs> man. Do you hear that dog, Jared? Yeah, not, I hear not, it. Man. Not a happy camper right now. So. No. <laughs> All right, Jared. Really not going to be a happy camper when I beat her. <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah, kidding. Well, man, Just kidding. No, no phone calls about that. Yeah. No emails. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. You're going to get attacked for that one. But uh, man, love what you guys are doing with the podcast. Thank you guys for your service to students in our state for sure. And uh, love how you guys model ministry with them and just love hanging out with you guys. So keep at it and pre uh, really appreciate you having me on the podcast here. Yeah, man, we'll have to do it again sometime. Really Absolutely. Yep. Dude, I appreciate it. We'll holler at you later. Sounds good, man. Dude, man, I don't know about you, but that was that that was pretty awesome. I, I thought just the uh, just kind of the down to earth, practical kind of stuff that we just heard. Yeah, for sure, man. And, and it was cool because I think Jared just got that that first hand experience of of being in the midst of it. You know, he's had conversations with with kids and students that, uh, like we mentioned in the interview, like a lot of parents haven't had a chance to. So what he's speaking is what he's experienced and what he's lived and uh, what what young people are telling him. And so for him to share that information with us, especially to parents out there, I mean, 
so much value there, you know, for sure. Yeah, and I think you know what one thing that I thought was pretty cool about it is that it's it's not necessarily some big complicated thing. Yeah. You know, it's talking to your kids, building relationships with your kids, um, helping your kids build actual real relationships with you, with others. Um, all those kind of skills that that we kind of know we're supposed to build into our kids anyway. Uh, and it's not it's not really that hard. It's just it takes a lot of intentionality. Like it just it's you know you, you just got to do it right. And don't and don't be intimidated by it. You know it, it's going to be yeah. uncomfortable at times. It's going to be what, 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 am I, what am I supposed to say? What am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to respond, man? But yeah, just just so much truth there to just be honest, to be open, to be willing to have those discussions. That just goes so far. We're not always going to have the right things to say. We're not always going to put on the right master wear i guess at the time you know to to look look perfect or anything like that and that's not the goal the goal is to be truthful and just to to share and and man some of that stuff i think this is one of those for me you know having uh kids who are getting closer to that age and younger kids as well is um i think this is one i'm gonna go back to and listen to a few times you know down the road because so much good information there yeah and i'd, I'd actually be interested in hearing from our listeners um like maybe some ways that they uh, might encourage their kids to, you know, developing those relationships with others. How to how to actually carry on conversations with real human beings, face to face, those kind of things. Um, maybe some examples of that, like how they might help their kids to to get that. Yeah. Instead of, you know, when I think of that, I just think oh, I'm just going to throw the phone away for three weeks and you know kind of jump off the deep end there yeah but maybe what are some what are some just maybe even fun examples of uh of trying to to teach our kids the value of one-on-one um you know conversations and and just that kind of thing like actually seeking out real life friendship you know all those kind of things instead of just relying on social media, the screen, you know, all that, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So what are some ideas around that? Help yeah. each other out. Yeah. Share them with us on, on uh, Facebook or Instagram, wherever you follow us at, you throw it out there or send us an email. We'll help you share it. And two, you know, if you're, if you're, if you've had kids make it through college, if you had them go through that process, maybe even share some of the ups and downs that you experienced. Uh, yeah. Because I mean, we learn by example, we learn by what others before us, went through and experienced and so uh, that's 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 information you don't need to keep to yourself you know yeah. share it out there well even just like jared was talking about community i mean the, the students need community to, to walk through this time in their lives uh, parents need community what you know we need each other we need each other to, to kind of bounce each other bounce each other that's pretty funny uh <laughs> bounce ideas off of each other you know those kind of things to help each other out yep for sure well, I think that uh, wraps up the show for tonight, Jonathan. What do you think? I totally agree. Why don't you uh, give the give the folks some good information about following us? The rundown here. The rundown. <laughs> Have notes. <laughs> hey, if you are if you do listen to the podcast, maybe this is your first time. Maybe you don't know where to find us, or maybe you've been listening for a while and you just haven't joined us yet on social media. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram, both at Land the Plane Today. Just give that a search, you'll find us. Uh, of course, on Twitter as well, at Land the Plane 247. 
we do have a website out there where we we post stuff, and uh, that's www.landtheplane.today. A little different, so just keep that in mind. And always, we'd love to hear from you through an email, or if you have a show idea, you want something you want to share with us, we'd love to have that too. So you can always email us at landtheplane.today at gmail.com. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, please do. Go out to Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Podbean, Google, I mean, whatever, wherever you find podcasts. Go out there and give us a listen. If you don't know where to find podcasts, we do have a new way you can listen to the show. You can go out to YouTube. Just go out there and search Land the Plane Podcast, and you can uh, check out uh, a video version of the podcast. It doesn't show our faces. It just has a screen that's up there the whole time. Thank goodness. (laughs) But uh, you can listen to the full audio of the show there on YouTube as well. So uh, we hope you can subscribe there and give that a follow as well. We'll have some little bonus videos up there every once in a while too, but... Man, I enjoyed this interview. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna be thinking about this one for a little bit. So yeah, good stuff, y'all. Uh, let us know what you thought. We want to do more of these interviews and anything. Anything y'all share with us, we would love to hear and uh, continue to grow in that process. So that's it, Jonathan. I think you can play the music. Get All us right. out of here. Let's get out of here. Thanks, guys. Bye, y'all.